What up, yo? It's Mark Shanniff with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Saturday, October 17th, episode number 127. I'm on Twitter at Fantasy Knockout. We're also on Instagram.com slash Fantasy underscore Knockout. And I am excited for today's show. It's the Start Sit for Week 6 show. Who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about? Uh, And who can we put in our flex? Announcements. Are you looking for accurate rankings? Uh, Week 5 didn't do so good. I was 113th. Uh, Struggled again. Um, And for the season to date, I'm currently at 69th. So that shot me down quite a bit. Uh, But I'm looking to bounce back this this week. Uh, Do you have a question for the show? If so, then head on over to FantasyKnockout.com for all your fantasy football needs. Thursday Night Recap. (laughs) Wait a minute. There wasn't a Thursday Night game. Not gonna lie, I liked not having a game uh, <laughs> this Thursday. I was also got to enjoy the week a little bit more, and then also with waivers not running on uh, Tuesday night, you know, Wednesday morning like it typically does. I'd really be down for the uh, waiver Wednesdays or wa- Wednesday waiver wire. That's kind of cool. Um, so there's a bunch of games now on Sunday and Monday. Did you guys know that we are one third of the fantasy season over? I just wanted to give you guys kind of a quick recap of who's the top in their positions. So let's talk some quarterbacks real quick. So let's go over the top five. Number one is Russell Wilson out of Seattle. Uh, Dak Prescott is two. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is three. Josh Allen is four. And Kyler Murray is five. What's interesting is most of these guys were ranked uh, pretty high as far as the draft. Wilson was sixth ranked coming into the draft. Prescott was fifth. Mahomes was second. Murray was fourth. But Josh Allen, he was 10th. He's the uh, the guy that's sneaking up and doing really, really, really good. Um, the biggest surprises are Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is 6th. He was ranked 33rd in the draft, and he is now 6th. Lamar Jackson, he's outside of the top 10. He's 11. He was ranked 1st, so he's starting off not so great. Um, some wideouts to look at. So the number, let's go through the first 10 wideouts or the top 10 wideouts. So Adam Thielen comes in at number one. He was 10th in the draft. DK Metcalf is number two. He was ranked 26th. Uh, Calvin Ridley was three. Um, He was ranked 16th. DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number four. He was ranked fifth. Tyreek Hill was his fifth. He was ranked fourth. Uh, Stefan Diggs, surprisingly, he's number six. He was ranked 31st. Mike Evans is right where he was supposed to be. He's 7th and was ranked 7th. Robbie Anderson, this is the biggest surprise. He was ranked 45th. Uh, he's now number 8. Uh, Tyler Lockett comes in at 9. He was ranked 19th. And Odell Beckham Jr. is 10th. And he was ranked 14th. So kind of interesting to see. There's only, what, one, two, three guys, four guys if you count Adam Thielen at 10th. Four guys that were ranked top 10 that are currently top 10. So that's what I'm saying is there's always value late in drafts. So it's it's interesting how it really kind of works out. And injuries has a big part. You know, wide receivers not in the top ten that we would expect. Michael Thomas, you know, he's, he hasn't played all, all season basically. Devontae Adams has missed a bunch of time. Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, they've all been hurt. So there's four guys that should be up there that aren't. Um, 
let's talk some running backs. So top 10 running backs. Alvin Kamara comes in at number one. Uh, he was ranked fifth. Dalvin Cook is second. He was ranked fourth. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, right where he's supposed to be. He was ranked third. He is finishing in third. Um, Aaron Jones, he's fourth. He was ranked 14th. And then Chris Carson. So Jones and Carson are, are interesting guys that were kind of on that bubble. They, um, Carson was ranked 15th. He is fifth. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's number six. Um, I like that. I thought he could be a top 10 running back, and so far he's doing it. He's, he was ranked 10th. Um, the big surprise coming up is Kareem Hunt, who's 7th. He was ranked 23rd. The injury to Chubb really helps Hunt, but Hunt was producing quite a bit even with Chubb there. Uh, James Robinson out of Jacksonville, he was ranked 50th. He is 8th right now. Mike Davis is 9th. He's uh, filling in for Christian McCaffrey. He was ranked 81st, so with the injury there, that really boosted Mike Davis. Nobody would expect him to do um, this well with McCaffrey healthy. Um, and then Todd Gurley, who was ranked 17th, he is now 10th, so kind of interesting. Uh, let's go over the top five tight ends real quick. Number one is Travis Kelsey, who was ranked first. Two is Mark Andrews, he was ranked third. Number three is Jonu Smith, who was ranked 21st, so surprise there, Jonu is getting it done. Uh, Darren Waller was ranked fifth, he is now fourth. And then Robert Tanyan out of Green Bay, he was unranked. Nobody knows where this guy came from. He is the fifth tight end right now. And then real quick, some defenses. Uh, Baltimore, they're the the number one defense. They were ranked fourth. Indianapolis is the second uh, ranked or second finishing defense. They were ranked sixth. Tampa Bay was ranked tenth. They are now third. Uh, the Rams and the Chiefs are four and five, and they weren't even really ranked. They were outside of the top twenty. Um, teams that people probably spent up on and drafted in the I don't know eighth through fourteenth round: Buffalo, San Francisco, Chicago. They are all outside of the, well, Chicago's 12th, San Francisco's 18th, and Buffalo's 24th. So that's why I'm a big component on waiting on your defenses and tight ends because you can get value from Tampa Bay or Indianapolis or or the Rams or even your tight end, Jonu Smith or Robert Tanyan. You guys can get these guys late in drafts with your last pick and find studs. Same with quarterbacks. I know the quarterback's not so much in as far as the top five right now, but I mean, Brian Fitzpatrick, if you waited and got him, you would have so much more depth at receiver and running back right now where if you drafted Barkley, if you drafted McCaffrey and you suffered these injuries, you have the depth to make it through the season where you're not even phased. So that's why I focus a lot on the draft and I wait on these single positions and really focus on running back and receivers in the draft. Ready to talk some news? News with views. All right, most of you have already probably seen it, but running back Le'Veon Bell, he was released by the Jets. He has now signed a one-year deal with, deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this really puts a damper on CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. As of right now, I'm going to treat it as a split backfield. As far as this week, Bell is not going to play, so it is your last chance to start CEH. Um, Bell needs to clear a bunch of COVID tests before he can join the team. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, so they have closed their practice facilities um, as several members of the organization tested positive for COVID. They still plan on playing their game this Sunday against Cincinnati. The Atlanta Falcons, I think a lot of people saw that they were some positive tests earlier in the week. Um, They've had no new positive tests as far as um, Saturday morning. 
Then, you know, they had an assistant coach basically test positive earlier in the week. The game remains on track for Sunday. Uh, there's some news about Christian McCaffrey. So running back Christian McCaffrey out of Carolina. Reports say that he'll be out till about week eight or nine. So hold on to Mike Davis. He's getting it done. Um, this one's a little disheartening. His running back Melvin Gordon out of Denver. This is not a good week for him. Uh, he was sent home from Friday's practice with a non-COVID illness. Um, he also missed practice Wednesday following his drunk driving arrest from Tuesday night. Still not sure about the consequences or as far as punishments, if it's going to be the team that hands it down or if the league's going to step in and suspend him or or or, or what. So if you got Gordon, you're kind of just in limbo right now. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to play this week. Um, and then the New England Patriots, uh, they canceled their practice Friday after another positive COVID test. Um, the Patriots, they just got Cam back this week as well, getting him off of the COVID list. So not sure what the league's really going to do with this game. So stay tuned. Um, check out, uh, follow us on Twitter. There'll be posts about these games if they are canceled or moved. I mean, this game was already postponed once. Well, and, you know, the possibilities of maybe moving it to a Monday or Tuesday are in play, but we don't know. So uh, that's why we follow the show. What's spreading quick and makes you sick, infecting everyone? Corona, Corona, the virus infecting us all. Corona, Corona, you cough and shake and fall. <laughs> corona. All right, so there's just a couple of players still on the COVID list. Uh, tight end Mike Nicole Pruitt out of Tennessee, not re- not that relevant. Corey Davis is his big news, um, bigger news, I guess. He was on it last week. He's still on it, so that means A.J. Brown's going to get a ton of targets. Uh, same with Janu. Uh, the running backs that are still on it is Anthony Sherman out of Kansas City and Raquel Arnstead. I guess he's just uh, going to forever be on the COVID list, it looks like. Ready for some in and out In and out. All right, so these guys are guys that have question marks. Are they, you know, you're wondering, are they going to play this week? Are they going to sit? Should I even take a chance on playing them? So this is my personal take on whether I believe they are in and out and what we should do with them. So we'll start off with some running backs. So Leonard Fournette out of Tampa Bay, he's had the ankle injury. He's going to be in, and I would flex him. Uh, Melvin Gordon from Denver, he's got the illness. I think he's going to be out. He is a game-time decision, but I think he's going to be out and miss. So, Philip Lindsay is going to get the start there. Um, if you have to start Gordon, you can. I just don't like the matchup with him not really practicing much this week. Zach Moss out of Buffalo. He's got the toe issue. I think he's going to be in. You can flex him. Don't love it all that much. Adrian Peterson out of Detroit. He's had a illness all week. He's going to be in. You can flex Peterson. And then Dalvin Cook, the big news, Minnesota. He had the groin injury. I think he's going to be out. So start your uh, Madison, Alexander Madison. Uh, tight end. So Noah Fant out of Denver. He's got the ankle injury. He's a game-time decision. No news yet as far as that. I think he's going to be in. I would still try to pivot on him, see if there's a better option. It's New England. They, they'll shut him down. Uh, Jordan Atkins out of Houston. He's got the ankle injury. He's going to be out. Mo Alley-Cox out of Indianapolis. He's got the knee injury. He's going to be out. 
Uh, some quarterbacks that are questionable. Jimmy Garoppolo out of San Francisco with the ankle injury. He did not look good last week. He's going to be in. Sit him. Don't start him as your quarterback. Drew Locke out of Denver. He's still dealing with the shoulder injury. Um, he's going to be in, but sit him. I wouldn't start him as well. Uh, Cam Newton out of New England. He's off the COVID list, so he is in. I would start him. I think I have him as a top six quarterback this week. Some wideouts. Chris Godwin out of Tampa Bay. He's got the hamstring injury. Um, it looks like he's going to be in. So start Godwin. Um, he's a he's a great receiver. He you know, and you probably need. Um, you probably don't have the depth on your team. Uh, so start Godwin. Devonte Adams out of Green Bay, hamstring injury. He's going to be in. I'd start him. AJ Brown, Tennessee. He's been battling that knee issue. Knee issue. Knee issue. Um, he's going to be in. You can start him with confidence. Mike Evans out of Tampa Bay, ankle injury. He's in. Start him. Julio Jones out of Atlanta. He's got the hamstring. He has been missing games and some practices. Well, it looks like he's going to be in, and I would start him this week with Matt Ryan. Hopefully, they will get on track. Uh, Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh. He had that back issue. Uh, he's out. Uh, A.J. Green out of Cincinnati. Hamstring injury. He's going to be in. I'd sit him. I'm not touching A.J. Green anytime soon. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey out of Philadelphia. Foot issue. He's out. Uh, John Brown out of Buffalo. Knee issue. He is in. I'd start him. Um, I'd start Godwin over Brown, though, this week. Uh, Deshaun Jackson out of Philly. He's got the hamstring issue. He's out. Odo Beckham Jr., he came up with an illness this week. He's in. I'd start him. And then DJ Chark out of Jacksonville. He's got the ankle injury. Um, he's a game-time decision, but I think he'll be in, and you can start him as well. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Main event. All right, so let's talk about some start-sit players, guys that we can put in our flex, guys that we're just questioning, not sure if they're we confident about. But first, the bye weeks. Teams on bye this week are the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, New Orleans Saints, and the Seattle Seahawks. So if you have any of those players, get them out of your lineup. You don't want to give your opponent a, uh, a free pass there. Um, there is the you know normal Sunday games, um, but there are two Monday night games. So Kansas City, Buffalo, and Arizona, and Dallas are the uh, Monday night games. And also stay tuned, they might push back that Denver-New England game, depending on uh, what the league decides. All right, so let's start off with some quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that I like, I got two of them. Ryan Fitzpatrick out of the Dolphins. As it turns out, threatening to bench Fitzpatrick might it might have lit a fire under him after a semi-week performance against a horrendous Seahawks defense Fitzpatrick dismantled the 49ers defense for 350 yards and three touchdowns on just 28 pass attempts he was on fire that's the simplest way to put it Fitzpatrick has posted top 12 quarterback numbers in four straight games he should be considered a high-end quarterback too this week and then my other guy is Kurt Cousins from Minnesota the rain kind of limited what he could have, what could have kind of been a big day for the Vikings passing game, but the lack of protection was once again the problem for Cousins, as he's continued continually under duress even against the Seahawks, even against a Seahawks team that struggled to generate pressure through the first four weeks. The um, the good news is that the Falcons haven't pressured the quarterback more than twenty four and a half percent of the time in each of their last four games. So his floor is intact, making him a sturdy top 12 play this week. Quarterbacks I'm not fond of, guys that I'm I'm just going to find different uh, options this week, is Teddy Bridgewater of the Panthers. 
So I had Bridgewater down as a top 10 quarterback play last week, and he came through while tossing a couple touchdowns along with 313 yards against the Falcons. It's going to be a lot tougher for Bridgewater this week as the Bears defense have been tormenting opposing quarterbacks. So Bridgewater is not a recommended streamer this week. And then my other guy is Matt Ryan at the Falcons. What in the world has happened to Ryan? After throwing for 723 yards and six touchdowns through the first two weeks of the season and being the number six quarterback in fantasy football, he's fallen off a cliff and has thrown for just 749 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions over the last three games. It's clear that the loss of Julio Jones has had a massive effect on on the offense, but we figure Ryan could at least be competent against the Packers and Panthers defense. Uh, The firing at Dan Quinn won't change anything with the offense as Dirk Cutter is still running that side of the ball. Um, If Jones remains out, Ryan is just a mediocre quarterback too this week. If Jones is in, which I think he will be, Ryan should be considered a low-end quarterback one slash high-end quarterback two for this game. Running backs. All right, so Miles Sanders from Philadelphia. He looked mighty good on that 74-yard touchdown run in the first quarter against the Steelers, but then he struggled quite a bit outside of that, um, as he totaled just six yards on the other 10 carries. Still, he was the first running back to finish as a running back one against the Steelers since 2018. He did it while seeing just four targets last week. Uh, Since returning, Sanders ranks eighth in total opportunity among running backs, which is a huge indicator of running back one success. The matchup this week is a tough one. I'm expecting Sanders to be heavily involved in the passing game, giving his role in the backfield. You should start him every week regardless of matchup. His skill set might suit this matchup better than most, uh, so consider him a high-end running back two this week. My other running backs I like is Miles Gaskins from, um, from Miami. So he finished with 21 opportunities against the 49ers and turned them into 20.1 PPR points. Good enough for a top 10 finish. That was a brutal matchup. So why should we care about the tough matchup against the Jets? Well, to be fair, it hasn't been that tough in 2020 as there have just been nine different running backs who posted at least 10.1 PPR points against them and finished as a top 32 running back. Gaskins is a solid RB2 this week who should at least have, you know, 18 opportunities in this game. All right, some running backs I'm fading. Mark Ingram of the Ravens. So there isn't a Ravens running back you can play with any confidence any given week. Based on opportunity, Ingram is the lead back here but he ranks outside the top 45 running backs in the category. Sure, you can make the case that his opportunity is more valuable because it is the Ravens' offense, but when a player has been capped at 11 touches with nearly one-third of the season gone, that's a real problem. Uh, without multiple touchdown game, Ingram, he's just not going to crack the top uh, top 20 running backs. He's a touchdown or bust, low-end running back three, high-end running back four, whose option or whose opportunity is just it's just not there. Uh, the other running back I'm fading this week is Naheem Hines out of Indianapolis. So the Bengals, a team that's already allowed two top six performances to running backs, though they both came from the same game, which was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There has been some bad touchdown luck for running backs against them. It's not as promising for Hines. 
as just 14.7 of their opponents' targets have gone to the running back position, which is the second lowest mark in the league. Hines is nothing more than a low upside running back for option. All right, some wideouts that I like this week. Jamison Crowder from the New York Jets. I'll admit it, I'm too low on Crowder, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from. Yes, he's totaled at least seven receptions and 100-plus yards in each of the three games he has played this year. But that's such a small sample size on his career with the Jets. There there were seven games where he finished with at least five receptions for 66 yards last year. But there were also eight games where he finished with 40 yards or less and no touchdowns, which left you just high and dry. So Crowder should be plugged in as a high-end running uh, wide receiver three until we're kind of proven otherwise, even if I'm kind of low on him. Uh, LaVishka Chenault out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's next. Uh, We've seen his role in the offense continue to grow as the weeks go on. Um, As evidenced by his target totals, which was 4, 4, 6, 6, and 8. So they keep going up. That's called progression. (laughs) He's actually finished as a top 36 wide receiver in three of the five games, despite being a rookie and not being heavily involved early on. After hitting 79-plus yards in back-to-back games, He'll go against the Lions secondary that's already allowed allowed six top 36 wide receiver performances through four games, which include two receivers who just who saw just four targets. So efficiency has been sky high. So if Chenault continues to see his target his target total rise, he should be in play as a wide receiver three again this week. All right, some receivers to fade. So DJ Moore of the Panthers. At some point, we have to stop and say, is he the number one receiver in this offense? It's a new quarterback, a new head coach, a new offensive scheme. So he saw 22 targets the first two weeks, but that number has dipped dramatically the last three weeks as he's failed to top six targets in any of those games. When you combine Moore's uh, declining targets with his bad matchup, It's tough to say he'll be anything more than a middling wide receiver three this week. And my other guy I'm fading is A.J. Green of the Bengals. Um, His .76 PPR points per target rank as the lowest in the NFL among receivers with at least 10 targets. It should come as no surprise, but Green has seen the most targets of 34 without a single touchdown this year. He's now seen 10 targets that have traveled over 20 yards in the air, which ranks 8th in the NFL. The bad news is that Green just hasn't caught any of them. Uh, Green is just not playing well right now, so even if you believe he'll eventually bounce back, you can't play him until we at least see some sort of flash. Um, And this matchup has been far from a smash spot so far. All right, some tight ends we like this week. So Robert Tanyan from the Packers. He's caught a touchdown every 2.8 targets this year. It's a clear number that will regress, and a lot. But the encouraging thing is that Tanyan has averaged 12.4 yards per target as well, which ranks second among all tight ends. So knowing he's seen 11 targets in his last two games, it's hard to argue with that, even if the matchup isn't pristine. You have to understand the risk, especially with Devontae Adams back in the lineup, but Tanyan may have made too big of a mark in week four for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers to look away. So he's a low-end tight end one for the time being. Mike Gusecki of the Dolphins. He is the other tight end I like this week. 
There may not have been more a more frustrating player to rank every week. As it seems Gesicki plays well in the games we least expect, while bombing in the ones we expect explosions from him. After two-week games with one catch for 15 yards in each of them against a team that struggled with tight ends, Gesicki goes and catches five passes for 91 yards and a against a 49ers team that had allowed just four tight ends to top 32 yards in the previous 20 games. This matchup is kind of like an in-between, as the Jets have allowed the 15th fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but on a per-target basis, they've allowed the 5th most fantasy points per opportunity. So I'm going to say stardom is a tight end one this week, and let's hope I don't jinx it. So tight ends I'm going to fade is Tyler Higby of the Rams. We're still fading him. So don't sit him if the alternative is claiming like a Darren Fells or a Drew Sample off of waivers. However, temper your expectations and beware of basement level floor. He has been on the field for 22, 17, 16, 19, and 16 pass plays through five games. I wouldn't say you're crazy to play him as a high-end tight end too, but you know the risk with his limited routes that seem to just be declining. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys is the next man that I'm fading. What has happened to Schultz, especially last week? He wasn't listed on the injury report, and he did run 29 pass routes, so we have to assume it was just like the game plan. He hadn't finished with less than four catches or 48 yards in the previous three starts, so don't panic too much. Knowing Schultz has seen six-plus targets in three of his four starts, he can be played as a high-end tight end, too. Starts of the week. All right, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers. Now four games into the season, Big Ben is on pace for 4,064 yards and 40 touchdowns. Maybe he can continue his hot streak in Week 6 against a weak Browns team who's allowed the second-most fantasy points through the air to quarterbacks and who have given up the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Cleveland has gotten shredded by Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Dak Prescott. Big Ben isn't ever going to be someone who wins you your league, uh, but he is playing the role of someone like a Drew Brees in years, which is where he's offering his low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two numbers every single week. And this game should be no different. My other quarterback I like is Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. So after getting off to a slow start, Stafford has posted over 40 fantasy points in his last two games, which should could be due to the return of Kenny Galladay. <laughs> um, he's only thrown the ball 95 times over the last three games, but the Lions have now had two weeks to game plan for this game, which is more than enough to realize that they're a funneling defense. Uh, three quarterbacks have thrown for 300-plus yards against them, including Phillip Rivers. Uh, no quarterback has averaged less than 7.9 yards per attempt. Either Stafford should present a solid top 15 floor, but he could present a top 5 ceiling in the you know if the Jaguars can keep this game somewhat uh, competitive. All right, my running back starts of the week is Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So Jones appears to be running away with the job. He's now racked up 100-plus rushing yards in back-to-back games. In fact, Jones has now totaled 100-plus yards on the ground in three of his last six games dating back to last year. If he doesn't fumble, he should be locked into 15-plus opportunities moving forward, 
consider him a low-end running back two, high-end running back three with some upside. My other running back is David Montgomery of the Bears. He's now played two games without Tree Cohen, and in those games, he's racked up 14 targets. There wasn't a two-game stretch th- uh, through Montgomery's rookie season where he had more than nine targets in two game in a two-game stretch. Uh, his 10 carries in each of those two games leaves a lot to be desired, uh, but they were playing the Colts and the Bucks in those two games, so two of the better run defenses in the NFL. His floor appears to be in the 16 opportunity range, which is something not many running backs can say. It's fair to say that the Panthers are a reverse funnel defense as they've been destroyed by running backs. We're only through five weeks of football, yet they've already allowed four different running backs to post top three performances against them. This is incredibly hard to do. Montgomery should post at least a high-end running back two numbers in this game, uh, though it's far from a guarantee with how this offense is being run. Still, it's hard not to trust a workhorse running back against the Panthers. All right, some wideouts I love this week. So Chase Claypool of the Steelers. After his week five explosion, he now has five touchdowns on 17 touches. In terms of routes run, both Juju Smith-Schuster, who's got 34, and James Washington, who's got 32, they've ran more routes than the 23 uh, that Claypool has. Uh, Not many know that Washington has been playing ahead of him all season. Though they've been splitting snaps and the team's third wide receiver, it's going to be hard to take Claypool off the field after that performance last week. So it's possible he passes Washington in the pecking order. Though that's far from a guarantee. Since Johnson is out, Claypool should be have enough opportunity and he needs to be considered a upside wide receiver three this week. My next wideout is A.J. Brown of the Titans. So welcome back, A.J. He looked healthy and explosive while catching seven of nine targets for 82 yards and a touchdown. As a whole, the Texans have allowed 1.96 PPR points per target to wide receivers, which ranks as the seventh most in the league, including a massive 71.3% completion rate. Brown should be locked back in lineups as a wide receiver too, now that he's seen 17 targets in his two games this year, and it seems like Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys will be out again, which only raises the target floor. All right, my tight ends I love this week. TJ Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. It's been somewhat of a maddening season for Hawkinson to this point, and it's got nothing to do with him. He's totaled at least 9.3 PPR points in every game, which is solid, but he's seen five or less targets in three or four games. Heck, he saw just four targets in their last game with Jesse James, who saw two. Knowing that Hawkinson is averaging nine yards per target, he should be a bigger part of this offense. The Jaguars are the team that's allowed the most fantasy points per target to tight ends, and it's not all that close. The matchup is pristine, even if Hawkinson's target share hasn't been. Hawkinson should be trusted as a tight end one this week. And my last guy is Evan Ingram of the Giants. He's the only tight end with more than 22 targets. He has 32, who is yet to catch a touchdown. Yet to catch. Ingram ran one in last week. Ingram uh, criticized the offense this week, saying he's been asked to run a lot of curls rather than operating down the seam, which he used to do. So the question is, does a squeaky wheel get the grease, or does he get a backhand? Washington has been a team to attack with tight ends, as they've already allowed four tight ends to hit double-digit PPR days, 
including two tight ends hitting 20-plus PPR points. Ingram has run more routes than any tight end not named Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz, so feel free to take a little bit of risk for a potential reward with him as a low-end tight end one. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is Week 7 Waiver Wire Ads. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe. Whatever platform you're on, leave a rating and review. really helps out the show. Also, don't forget to visit FantasyKnockout.com for all your fantasy football needs. All right. Till next time. See ya.